Third down and three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. Capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh my goodness! It's the DC Martin Show. 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 First and 10 for Mahomes. Pressure and he sacks. First one of the day and it's Bosa who gets home. DC Martin. DC Martin. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying. DC Martin. Is this for real? Oh my goodness. Can he do it twice? DC Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. And welcome to a fabulous football Friday here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook. TC Martin with you, of course, right here each and every Friday, our Friday home, and of course, on those special events like we had last Monday here for the national championship game. Marco D'Angelo, my tag team partner, the bookend guy on Mondays and Fridays. We are here as we get ready for the NFL playoffs, the super wild card weekend. Call it what you want. Playoffs. Let me make sure. I've got to count that again. Yeah, let, me, let me count that. You're are good. you sure? Yeah. You sure good. you counted it? Hey, what's oh, happening? There you go. Right. <laughs> Marco and I uh, exchanging uh, money. Exchanging me and his money. Yes, and I had to do that today. So <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Even though you and I were on opposite sides, I had those Buffalo Bills, you had the Miami Dolphins. How come we didn't make a bet on that game? I, I dodged a bullet. <laughs> That's okay. All right, today Jay Cornegay will join us, the vice president of the Superbook here. He will join us at the bottom of this hour, and we will talk about the money, where is it going and moving and shaking here for the six wild card games. Remember, only two teams have buys. That would be Baltimore in the AFC, San Francisco in the NFC. So those two teams are off, but a very jam-packed weekend for the opening weekend of the NFL. So we'll handicap all of those games, plus our best bets coming your way next hour as well, too. We'll give you our three best playoff games. And we'll talk a little basketball here today as well as Curtis Terry will join us, the former guard for the UNLV Runner Rebels, the Sweet 16 team back uh, in the day when he played for Long Kruger. And uh, Curtis does a fantastic job on the UC, uh, rather the uh, UNLV radio network. So uh, as we get ready for UNLV and Utah State coming up tomorrow at the Thomas and Mack Center here in Las Vegas. And Utah State comes in ranked 20th in the country, a team on a 14-game winning streak. So we'll talk to Curtis about that. And the Rebels coming off a very impressive victory where they beat New Mexico a couple nights ago at the Thomas and Mack Center as an underdog. But the Rebels led wire to wire in that game. So uh, hopefully Kevin Kruger's team will put a nice little streak together here. And they do have a very tough conference beginning of the Mountain West Conference here as they opened up at San Diego State last Saturday and lost. 
but got the victory against New Mexico. And then uh, Utah State coming your way here at the Thomas and Mac on Saturday. And then they got to go to Colorado State and Boise State. So very tough schedule for the Rebels. But, hey, they knocked off New Mexico. They knocked off Creighton a few weeks ago back at the Dollar Loan Center. So always rooting for Kevin Kruger and the Rebels. So, again, we'll talk a little run of Rebel basketball today. But concentrating a lot on football. Marco, welcome back, my friend. Good. I'm here on uh, Monday. Enjoyed the Monday night game. I enjoyed it a little more than you did, obviously. Yeah. But uh, a lot of happened this week. A lot of a lot of coaches, everything else. And uh, we saw some of the dominoes fall today uh, with the coaching announcement in Alabama. It's fun time of the year. Mm-hmm. All right. Breaking news uh, today. It seems like every day we've got breaking news when it comes to, to coaching, whether it's on the NFL side or the college side. And Caleb DeBoer, the former head coach of the Washington Huskies, takes the job at Alabama. And that may be a shocker to some people for a couple reasons. One is Caleb DeBoer coming from Washington, a program that has been better the last couple years. He's one of the younger coaches in all of college football uh, in his late 30s. And he uh, did a fantastic job with Washington, really kind of under the radar. But that Washington Husky team, as we had talked about a lot during the course of the year, and especially leading up to the championship game last Monday, like how good are they? Even though they, they defeated Texas in the semifinal game, they beat Oregon twice in narrow victories, had a bunch of narrow victories against lesser teams like Arizona State and Oregon State and Washington State in conference. And... Caleb DeBoer parlays a 14-1 season where Washington was the number two seed going into the college football playoff into the most prestigious job in all of college football, taking over for Nick Saban at Alabama. As we talked about earlier in the week, Nick Saban decided he wanted to step down, thought it was a good time. And I think for Saban, age had something to do with it because he talked about that. We played the sound on the show the other day. And uh, he said if he can't just get up in the morning and and be full throttle and not have that energy, then he's going to step away. And for him, he said it was a very difficult season. He's a very hands-on coach. If you ever have seen Nick Saban, you know, coach a practice or see him games, but especially practice, especially, you know, during the course of training camps, he is, you know, out there and demonstrating and he's vocal he's teaching and uh, we know no one works harder with him and his staff as far as recruiting and and now Caleb DeBoer is going to get the opportunity to go cross country coach Alabama and coach in the SEC so interesting choice when we thought you could be we could be looking at maybe some past Saban assistant coaches that uh, may want to take that job and, you know, one came to mind, Lane Kiffin. Uh, would, you know, he's always been a job chaser, <laughs> always has. And why not take that job and leave Ole Miss where you have the best facilities, the best uh, recruiting budget and boosters, that sort of thing. But apparently he wasn't a consideration. And we see a very quick uh, decision made by Alabama to go with Caleb DeBoer. Yeah, I, I like the choice. I like what he did at Washington, but – you know, I'm going to say good luck because it is so hard. And I know it's a cliche. You never want to be the one that comes in after a legend. But, you know, it's true because everything 
he does to start his career there is going to be compared to Nick Saban. And those are some pretty big shoes uh, to fill. Um, I think he's a guy, you, you saw it with Washington this year, TC, the players really connect with him and, and buy into what you know he's trying to sell for them. And they played great, great football. I mean, the job he did to get to the championship game, beating Texas, you know, that was good. But I go back to the Pac-12 championship game here in Vegas. And that was a game both me and you agreed. We thought that was going to be the end of the road for Washington. And, you know, and so did everybody betting the game. If you remember, that line was crazy in that one. And they took it to them. So uh, it's going to be interesting. It's part of that younger blood, uh, offensive, you know, minded uh, in there's going to be some more offenses coming to the SEC this year. So uh, he's going to have that Texas, going to have Oklahoma in there. It's going to be fun. This just goes to show you that, as I say, the Janet Jackson theme, what have you done for me lately? This guy has no ties to Alabama. He has no ties to the SEC. He's got no ties to anything east of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Seriously. <laughs> this guy has been a fantastic coach at the lower levels. He's, you know, won uh, FCS uh, championships, uh, NIAI championships. Uh, he's been a high school coach. And the first time anybody really kind of got an idea of who he was when he got the Fresno State job going back in 2020 during the pandemic. And people are going, okay, who's this guy? And he was there basically for two seasons at Fresno State, parlayed that even though they weren't overly successful, to the job at Washington. And when you remember Chris Peterson left Washington, they were kind of a mess, uh, made another hire, and it's like, okay, well, let's let's bring Caleb DeBoer in here. And I remember being on the Washington campus going back, what, two summers ago, and they still weren't sure about this guy. But after a stellar 2023 season where he won every – Coach of the Year award that you could possibly think of from the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year, the AP, the Sporting News, Home Depot, Walter Camp. I mean, he, he nailed them all. And because of those awards and because of Washington's record, he gets the most pristine job in all of college football. But should we judge him by those wins or should we judge him by what we saw from the Washington Huskies on Monday night? the most important game of the year, and his team did not show up. Michael Penix Jr. did not look good. He looked like the Michael Penix version of Indiana. Uh, very inaccurate. They could not run the football. The defense was a sieve. And to me, Marco, it just seems like he you could say all the things you want about, hey, he's, he's a motivator, he got these guys to play. Fine, but it was still the Pac-12, which was down again this year. You know, USC, UCLA, non-existent. Stanford has gone by the wayside. I mean, when you're talking about the Pac-12 this year, it was Oregon and Washington, and that was it. And he had narrow victories of those schools that I mentioned earlier. So I'm not sure that this is a wise hire by Alabama. And I'm actually, frankly, kind of shocked, A, that they made the decision, you know, basically 72 hours, you know, after the college football playoff is over and 48 hours after Nick Saban says he's stepping down, and they give it to a guy who has no ties. And how do we know that he can recruit the SEC? Right. Generally, whenever there's a quick decision on a coaching job like that after a legend leaves, 
it's usually somebody from within, you know, that they were grooming for that position. So, like you, I'm okay with the hire. I'm shocked that it went as as quickly as it did. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And you know, I guess there's a lot of coach coaching spots open, obviously on both the college and NFL level. So we're going to see what's happening. And the one thing that we have left is what is Jim Harbaugh going to do? Where is he going to go? That's the big factor right there. And you got to believe that he's going to end up in the NFL. Everything has been quiet on that front. And as we talked about yesterday, that Harbaugh, after he won the championship, I mean, his name was obviously at the top of, of everyone's news feed and sports feed and coaching feed. And then, boom, the news that Bill Belichick decides to step down. All of a sudden, okay, we're not talking about Jim Harbaugh anymore. Now we're talking about Bill Belichick, not because Bill Belichick retired, because he did not do that. Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, decided to part ways after 24 seasons with New England, six Super Bowls, 296 wins, second all-time only to George Hallis' 324. And the talk was, okay, Bill Belichick is in play to go somewhere else, and where is he going to go? And there's, you know, eight openings, you know, well, seven openings now. Um, and Bill Belichick could probably pick and choose to go wherever he wants to go. And New England, like Alabama, wasted no time whatsoever because the breaking news that came out today was that Gerard Mayo has been hired to um, take over for Bill Belichick less than 24 hours after the press conference from yesterday which we played the sound from, from Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, uh, figured Mayo was going to be the go-to guy, the contender, but you're the main guy to take the job. But you figure, okay, they're going to do some other interviews. And here's the thing. The Patriots do not need to go through any of the other processes with the Rooney rule and this and that because they're hiring from within, and therefore it's a promotion for Gerard Mayo. Uh, if you're not familiar with Gerard Mayo, he, he was kind of like Antonio Pierce, a very good player um, on the defensive side of the ball for the Patriots. He's only 37 years old. He's the youngest head coach now ever. Sean McVay had that title uh, before when he was hired, um, you know, by, by the Rams a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, youngest head coach ever. He's been on the staff since 2019 with Belichick, played for New England for eight years, from uh, 2008 to 2015, so eight seasons there. And uh, Gerard Mayo will take over, and they will stay in-house. Yeah, and let's be honest. <laughs> the Patriots is a rebuild project. This is not a team. You're not getting a, a playoff-ready type team, which we talked about with you know the Charger opening. And, and I think it's, you know, right now, Jim Harbaugh is like the superstar free agent when – all the other teams are looking to sign that big name free agent, but they're waiting till he decides where he's going to go because you can't, somebody doesn't want to miss on him if they have the opportunity, but yet you want to sign somebody else. You don't want to miss maybe the second best guy out there. So it's going to be curious to see how long it goes. Uh, New England, you got to stay doing it this way that this is the guy that hopefully they give him some time. They don't. You know, pull. You know, expect something to happen in one or two years, and that's been a coaching trend that we've seen more recently. It used to be a three to five year plan. Remember, whenever yeah. you were rebuilding and hiring a coach, you had a plan. Now, if you don't get it done in the, something in the second year, 
Bye-bye. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So it's going to be uh, curious to see. I would have loved to see the conversation behind closed doors with Kraft and Belichick, how that, that really come to a mutual conclusion. Uh, you need to go something like this, like, uh, you know, Robert, I don't know. I mean, you still have the personnel. Uh, and it's been rough. Uh, you know, do what you want. Uh, I'm out of here. I'm at it. I need a quarterback. Yeah, I need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, you got a Kelowna Tom uh, somewhere, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill Belichick will be coaching. And the question is where. And I don't believe that it's going to take him long. I don't think he's going to be sitting out a year again. This guy, same thing. In his 70s, you got Washington, you got Atlanta, you got the Raiders, potentially, the Chargers, Carolina. Those are uh, Tennessee, all openings. And for me, it would not surprise me if he goes to Atlanta. And a lot of people think, well, why Atlanta? It's in the NFC. You have an owner that is probably willing to spend some money and it's a fresh start for him you get out of the afc you go to the nfc you get out of some bad weather you play indoors uh not a whole lot to work with there as well too but then again when you're talking about filling a job the you know week after the regular season ends there's no pristine jobs that are available all these teams are losing teams right and you the, the team that's probably furthest along is you can make the case maybe of tennessee and Mike Vrabel gets fired after six seasons with a, winning, surpri- with a, with surpri- a winning record. That surprised me. Me too. Yeah. But what happened there was is that the controlling owner, a- Amy Adams, just basically had had this statement saying, no, we, we want to move on. We have no idea why, but uh, you know, Mike Vrabel's a quality head coach. So, of course, when Belichick retired, Vrabel's name was connected to the Patriots. You know, Then you just wonder, okay, is it going to be him? Gerard May, who's already there, Patriots decided to, to, to stick in-house. So then when Belichick said that he wants to continue coaching, he's not done. Obviously now Vrabel's name comes up of being an assistant for Belichick. I'm sure we'll hear Josh McDaniel's names, and then you know he'll take the Patriot way somewhere else. If you're uh, Mike Vrabel, why would you be an assistant? He's going to get hired. Is a head coach. I don't. I can't see him being. Do you like him fit. better than Ron Rivera? Even though Rivera's got a lot more experience at this point of careers, yes. Yeah. Because I think the game. You know, I hate to say it. You know, Riverboat Ron was his nickname. He, he, we didn't see any of that. Did you see any of the gambles from him in the? No, offense? but he had the personnel. He didn't have the personnel, and, and, and you have to. You know, a coach can only get so much. You know, out of the team, but when you're not working in conjunction with the front office and the owner, and that was such a mess. I actually felt bad for Ron Rivera. I heard him do so many interviews during his tenure in Washington, and it was like he kept this positive attitude. He never threw the organization under the bus, never threw Daniel Snyder under the bus, which he could have very easily. And he was destined to fail. So, again, I'm a firm believer of fresh air, fresh start, new scenery, new personnel, and, you know, if he still has that gumption or whatever you want to say to to get right back in the fire, I wouldn't rule him out. But he's going to need, you know, he's going to need somebody to work with. He's going to need some talent. And when we look at these teams that are open, and the everyone says the Chargers job is the, the most attractive. But the only reason you're saying that is 
because of Justin Herbert. But after that, there's a bunch of free agents on that roster as well, too. So you're going to have to deal with that. And then, of course, you have the Raiders. And it's Vegas. you got the shiny new stadium just like they have at SoFi with the Chargers. And the defense is is good right now. But you don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs. You still need a quarterback more than likely. Can't say that it's definitely going to be Aiden O'Connell. So all of these jobs here from you know Tennessee, Washington, Atlanta, Raiders, Chargers, Panthers, they're all, in my opinion, works in progress. Yeah, and you know where I was last night, you know, at a poker table in town, and, and I love to hear the sports talk. You know, everybody's an expert, you know, when, you, when you're sitting at a poker table, and you would not believe how many people said, oh, Belichick's available, the Raiders should go at, and I'm like, where have you been for the last two years, okay? That is the last thing in the world that the Raiders want. Okay, we we saw that, you know, the disciple of Bill Belichick, uh, how that played out. There's no I would be absolutely shocked. You know, Mark Davis better than I, I do, obviously, for connections with the aces. There's no way he can go down that path with this team. See, I, I disagree to a certain extent there because it's Bill Belichick. This is a Hall of Famer. This guy, it's accomplished. There's a huge difference between. Josh McDaniels, head coach, Dave Ziegler as a GM compared to Bill Belichick. So, yes, I understand the Patriot way. You want to get rid of all that. I, I, I understand that. But you're not talking about disciples of Bill, Bill Belichick. You're not talking about pure leaders of men, guys that have never got the job done. Josh McDaniels, you just look. What do you do in Denver? Absolutely nothing. Okay? He's not head coach. So you got to – don't look at the – past employer you got to look at the individual themselves and believe me remember mark davis bill belichick there's there there's something there and there's tom brady remember tom brady is trying to get approval from the nfl to be a part owner of this team and that's why jim harbaugh makes a lot of sense because of that relationship, because having the same agent that Harbaugh just hired, and because Harbaugh knows Mark Davis, Al Davis hired him you know, to start his coaching career, two years as a quarterback coach, and everyone spoke glowingly about Jim Harbaugh working for the Raiders, and that propelled him you know, to go into head coaching with you know, San Diego and then Stanford and then to the 49ers and then you know, back to Michigan, and he, he's a proven winner. Bill Belichick's a proven winner. Mark Davis is not going to say no to one of the you know best coaches, whether it's Harbaugh or Belichick, just because he was a Patriot. We'll see. I'll take a food bet on that one if you want. How do you have a food bet? Because you don't – I mean, you know, it's not like he's – the the candidate we don't even know if he's a candidate right now. I don't think he's going to be. That's that's how confident. So that, I am. then the food bet would have to be something like a hundred to one <laughs> or fifty to one. It would have to be because you know there there are other components here. You know, we'll see where he lands. I think that Harbaugh's got to make his decision first, and then that's going to you know because my money is Harbaugh. To the Chargers. When it's said and done. If they open up the purse strings, which that's the big hang-up with the Charger ownership. Bill Belichick can choose, I think, any job that he wants to. And if he reached out to the Raiders and said, hey, I'd like to have a conversation, you think Mark Davis is going to turn that down? There's no way. You know, he's a Hall of Fame coach. He has the second most wins 
And, you know, you and I have talked about it before. That Patriot roster was a mess. He got no help whatsoever. And they've went through different GMs, assistant GMs, personnel directors. So I, I just you – know, if, if Belichick says, I want to coach the Chargers, uh, they're, they're going to say, okay. And just like Jim Harbaugh, he goes, hey, I'm interested. But I don't think Harbaugh carries as much weight as Belichick does because Belichick has shown I'm there for 24 years. You know, Harbaugh is a bouncer. You know, he, he, he bounces around. And, uh, you know, what's going to be the commitment there? But the thing with Harbaugh w- w- that may scare some people off is because, you know, he's going to want to be in charge of personnel, GM, all that. So he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want that title. Doesn't want that title. But Belichick's never been a guy who says, I need to be a GM. You know, he never pulled a Mike Holmgren, right? Never pulled that. You know, he just... He wants to coach. Belichick wants to coach. Harbaugh wants to run the show. And there's nothing wrong with either one, but that's the dynamic you got to be careful of in knowing what you're getting with a particular coach. With Harbaugh, he wants that. He's shown that, and it's worked for him. Okay, With Belichick, let's even go and say he gets the interview. And gets it. What are you looking at for, for Belichick? Two years max? Mm. I'm telling you right now, if he had... The, the, I think the only reason he wants to still coach is he wants to catch Shula for the all-time win record. That is it. And what is it? I Maybe Numchuck can look it up. Is he, what, like 15 behind or something uh, for the total most wins in NFL coaching? Uh, I think that's, all, that's the only thing that's got him driving to still coach. Belichick, 296 wins. George Hollis, 324. You think he? You think he's into being number one? Is that what you're thinking? I thought it was. Hallis has more than Shula. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. had that wrong. Hallis, Hallis is Hallis is one, and then yeah. Hey T. Uh, yes, sir. I'm I'm looking at something else. It's got three hundred two, three eighteen, three twenty eight. Yeah. Bel- Belichick I, has three hundred two. Okay. Well, I don't know. That, no. These are the numbers. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Do you think he's a a record chaser though? I think that he has the ego to do that. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I think a lot of Belichick gets a gets a bum read by some people. I think he's the ego and this and that. I mean, again, he doesn't like dealing with media. He's a workaholic. He's all about player development, and he wants to win. That's it. I, I think, and him and Nick Saban are two of the same. They've been best friends for a long time. Heck, they worked together, you know, in Cleveland. Uh, you know, still remember seeing you know uh, the HBO story with Real Sports, and they revisited that you know a couple different occasions about how those two operate and. Uh, it's funny, just within a 24-hour span, you lose two of the greatest coaches of all time, and you throw Pete Carroll in there as well, too. And you look at all three of those coaches, and you got over 600 wins, and they all depart their current situations uh, within uh, a 24-hour span. Okay, all the names you, you threw out that the, Ra- you know, the Raiders can look at, would the Raiders not want Pete Carroll if Pete Carroll still wants the coach? I don't think Pete uh, – that's the thing. I don't know if Pete does. I, if he does, then, again – and, again – Every situation is a little different. Belichick saying, "Hey, this, th- I need to break from New England. I want to continue coaching." Zick Saban said, "I'm 72 years old. I can't do that anymore. Uh, too much of the grind." That was it. Pete Carroll saying that, well, he's going to stay on as an advisor. And when asked about, well, what does that mean to you, Pete? He goes, "I don't know. We haven't worked it out yet." That tells me that it's like. Okay, I'm I'm content. I'm fine with being this role. 
and I still got the energy. He's healthy, and he said all this the other day that he could still coach if he if he wanted to, but that situation isn't right. He loves living up there. He loves the people there. He loves John Schneider, the GM president. He loves all that. I think Pete Carroll would only leave there if he got an offer at a ready-made playoff team. That's what I think. And, again, the best ready-made team is the Chargers, and it's going to depend on where Harbaugh decides. See, I don't know. I, again, uh, who's been, Austin, who's Austin Eckler it, it probably won't be back. You know, you got wide receivers like Mike Williams and, and um, you know, Keenan, he's not. He may. They may not be back. There's a, and the running game is. Where's the running game? You're always the second fiddle in that stadium and in that city, and the ownership doesn't like to spend a whole bunch of money. So aside from Justin Herbert, why is that such a great job? I I, I don't think it's a ready a ready made winner. Obviously, this, they're not a playoff team. They didn't come close this year. All right, let's throw this out to you, of the teams that are in the playoffs. Yeah. Do you expect if so, if one of those teams make an early exit, like the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> and those are two two very good points because the Eagles are already talking about you know getting rid of their coach and McCarthy, as we know, he's a life support. So yeah, yeah. But those two teams would be, you know they would have they to would, say they would trump anybody else, yeah. of course. Yeah. I think the Chargers, or not the Chargers, the Cowboys more than anybody else. If you want to talk about the complete team mm. and having, yeah, you know, stars there, still need a quarterback. Dallas yeah. needs a quarterback. You're not going to win with that guy, and uh, there is the big hovering cloud of Jerry Jones. <laughs> who who wants to sign up for that? You know, there's been a lot of people that took the money though. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't last, did they? They did not last. No, even the, even like Jason Garrett hung there forever, but couldn't win. But again, Jerry Jones wants a yes guy, and he he had that with Jason Garrett. He has that with Mike McCarthy. So interesting topic, though. Very interesting topic. So uh, you know, we always have that Black Monday where coaches get fired, and it's usually between like three and five jobs, well, eight jobs. You know, open up in the NFL, and then you throw in the Nick Saban stepping down, and now Caleb DeBoer from Washington gets that job. I mean, what a week it's been for coaching talk here, and we're just scratching the surface here because there's plenty of jobs open, and, and you're right. To see what happens with a couple playoff teams could be searching for head coaches, and that sounds a little crazy, but it's true. Philadelphia would be the favorite if they lose because it was such a collapse one year removed from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you know, you're, I always joke in my business, you're only as good as your last pick. Okay. You could win, you know, nine in a row, you lose number 10, somebody's not, not happy. And you talk about taking Philadelphia to a Super Bowl just last year that you're actually seriously that me and you are sitting here right now talking about he could be fired after the season. And he could, but uh, flashback years ago, Doug Peterson. Yeah. Same thing. Takes his team to the Super Bowl, right? Philly special. We're looking great. Bye-bye, Doug, a couple years later. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, we come back. Jay Cornegay, he is going to join us, and we'll talk about where the money is moving for the six playoff games, the Super Wild Card weekend. We will handicap those games for you. We've got best bets coming your way next hour. Curtis Terry will be joining us, talk some UNLV hoops and some college basketball. Curtis is a big football guy as well, too. So we'll have some fun with that today. Live, it is a football Friday, getting ready for the playoffs 
right here at the Westgate Las Vegas. Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame induction celebration is back Sunday, February 4th at the brand new venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort. Join us as we induct the class of 2024. NBA champion Matt Barnes, all-star James Donaldson, Major League Baseball's Nick Johnson and Leon Lee, and world champion triathlete Jamie Whitmore. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. For all info, go to SacSportsHOF.com. Hi, this is Dusty Baker, proud member of the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame. You have to be there to see it at Thunder Valley Casino. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and you're listening to T.C. Martin. He's huge, baby. Back here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Of course, as you know, no better place to watch the games and get on over here this weekend. Playoff football in the NFL. We've got two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. And you know, our good friend Jay Cornegay joins us now. Jay, I don't know if you've got the reservations uh, solidly book for that Saturday night game. You're going to have people banging down the doors because everybody wants to come to the Westgate Las Vegas because they can't get the game at home on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, How's your Peacock doing? Uh, uh, fine, yeah. as far as I know. I'm looking forward to that game. I, I always like Who isn't looking games. forward to that game? Isn't that a great game? It's a weather game. What's That's the NFL awesome. doing, though? We've been talking about it all week. i got to get your take on this. Go ahead. I mean, is, don't you feel the NFL is holding fans hostage here with this streaming oh, game? Yeah. First time in the history that we have a playoff game that is not – on regular broadcast television? I heard commercially that it's available. If you're a commercial patron of DirecTV, there is a DirecTV broadcast. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true because we actually were making plans <laughs> to go to our favorite gin joints <laughs> on Saturday, Saturday night. And so I called over there. And I said, you guys have Peacock? And they said, no, but we were told as commercial patrons that DirecTV will have a, a channel for us to watch it. I'm just repeating what was yeah, told. I, well, Marco and I, are, are, we, well, we don't have stock in DirecTV. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, you know, direct dial complaint uh, line <laughs> to, for direct tv so they yeah cave a which, lot. Cha- which channel yeah ain't that the truth but yeah i don't i don't see that no i don't see it i mean they'd have okay. to have a designated channel like there isn't a designated open channel on direct tv and what's it going to be on the not going to be on the nfl network it's i mean because they're all compete competitors well, there's so a got number of, i think there's a number of channels they could put it on actually on direct tv where I mean, would you find it though well, it's just for, I mean, they, just, they, they would, would have be, to say, They would be notified, right, right as uh, probably through right. email, they, right, and saying, they hey. They could put it on uh, 701 or, or 702 right. and open it up like they do the first, right. they always do the first week of the NFL. They give free to get people to, they used to when they had Exa- the NFL Sunday right. ticket. Yeah, again, this is not residential, all right? Right, exactly. Commercial. commercial. So, if you have a commercial contract with DirecTV, supposedly. Okay. There's a now we're gonna channel. Need, we're going to need you to be our on-the-spot live reporter at your gin joint, <laughs> and we're, we're going to need to know this for a fact, okay? Yeah, you're going to have to call me during the pregame, okay? Yeah. 
<laughs> That's right, because we call him in the second quarter, he's going to be tanked. No. Oh, I forgot. Are we still in the dry January? I forgot. <laughs> he already gave it. He, he, he ruined that last weekend, he said. But, hey, TC. Uh, TC, not, and I'm not busting your stones because I'm technically challenged with a lot of things yeah. as well. But can you imagine how many people probably that anybody that's over the age of, you know, 55, can you see them trying to scramble to download? No shot. Peacock. No shot. Get it on their TV and be able to make it work at game time. Yeah. What age did you say, Marco? Yeah, he's single. Why'd you pick that age of 55? <laughs> well, I'm above that age, but I, you know, I wanted to get some people below me. Actually, I went on Peacock last night because uh-huh. we have it at home. Uh-huh. I, I probably have way too many because I, I haven't turned it on Peacock, and I don't know how long for the the new Ted series. <laughs> okay, it was it was sad, but anyway, <laughs> it was sad. But I I, I got to give it a bigger sample. But uh, we'll have to see. I mean, yeah, call me. I'll let you know. I want to know. All right. What do you got, Chuck? Breaking news. Oh, more breaking news. Where are we going? We are going to the bars. Okay, we're going to our live <laughs> on-the-spot reporter. That'd be Numchuck at uh, a in a dive bar near you. Numchuck with a live report on this uh, Direct TV situation. What do you got? The Direct TV rumor is wrong. Oh. <laughs> oh. Peacock is the exclusive. Ex- it makes sense. Exclusive. You can't. Direct TV is a. You know, it's a competitor. Okay. So, you know, just like YouTube. So we can't go to any gin joint and find it. I want you to go to your gin joint because you got to put that guy on the spot. Yeah. She. Oh, she. Well, that says. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Because, no, we that, that was our plan. We were thinking that we probably would have to go to a sports book. Yeah, right. right. I mean, obviously, we'll have it here, but uh, I'm not sure if um, I, I'm not sure what people are doing to prepare for this. I, I, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of a lot? people that are unaware of it. They're going to get you're right. That's what I was going to say. They're going to get blindsided. I didn't blindsided. know about it till last till last week when they were advertising yeah. the playoffs for this week. Oh, yeah. Is oh, really? Mike Tarico was just hammering and hammering because yeah. he knew the upheaval that they were going to be getting, and just and the promos were ridiculous. You know, come on, get Peacock. History will be made. What history is going to be made that you're they're the first one that's holding you know fans hostage? I mean, how much more? Did you see the latest story here? And Numchuck sent this uh, to me earlier, and I uh, got to got to get this here. But very very interesting that. Um, Where's it at here? What was that numchuck that you said that there was? It was a someone was. Uh, it was a congressman, right? Congressman from I believe Kansas. Yeah, or, Kansas. No, Missouri. Yeah, is trying to say this is not right, uh, and they were trying to do something to uh, get the NFL mm. to lift the Peacock Kansas situation. Makes sense, or Missouri, Kansas yeah. City, Missouri. Right. right, right, So that makes sense. That they would be a little upset, but again, even though they pounded it last weekend, I'm pretty sure it didn't register with a lot of. Oh, folks. sure, you're right. They're like, what? They they just toned that out, right? Congressman Patrick Ryan demanding the NFL and NBC to change the Chiefs Dolphins off of Peacock and put it on NBC, which they could if they wanted to do because it's NBC, yeah. you know, and they have the they have the rights. 
the NFL gave them the rights for those two games that we're going to see on Saturday. And is NBC saying, oh, we're going to shove it on Peacock because we want, you know, we want to, want to build that brand. As I know, like, you're going to have. How about s- the people that bought time slots for this? You're paying big money for a playoff game advertising. True. And then you find out, oh, you're on Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's going to be on NBC at five o'clock Pacific time, eight o'clock Eastern instead? Yeah. You know? Well, are people going to, can you sign up, watch the game, and then discontinue it? Sure. You, you, but so it would be like 10 bucks or something. It could be, but how many, and they want you to do that because how many people will just disregard that? Right. And next thing you know, you're going to get a bill for the next six months. Well, what's that? Oh, yeah. I never canceled. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Yep. I have that move. I don't know. Uh, All right. So number of those come things. to the Westgate. It'll be jam-packed Yes, here at the Superbook because people are going to want to watch this game. And here's the thing, Jay. you got to agree with this. It's probably the most intriguing or best game of the weekend. You're talking about, you know, one of the top-scoring top team in the Dolphins against the defending champs. Oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, come on. It's, we want to see this game. I think the game of the weekend's. Rams, Lions. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did. One I'm talking thing about right. just from a mass, you know, audience perspective. The Chiefs and Dolphins are, you know, that's that's a great game. Did you watch the Dolphins last week? Yeah, <laughs> I bet against them the last you, few weeks. You had them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, both offenses are struggling. That's what I don't understand. We got some sharp play on the over in this game, and. So, I mean, these are guys that we, high, I mean, respect. And both of these guys bet the over in this game. I mean, I don't get it. One, because both offenses struggled down the stretch. It doesn't matter if they were on the road or at home. And, of course, the weather. Hmm. I I don't get it. I, I just don't see it. I mean, the, the Dolphins are really, really banged up. They are. I don't think Waddle's going to play. Let me give you this latest uh, press release here. Uh, the NFL sold Peacock exclusivity for the Saturday night game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. It's not available on any NBC station other than the one in Miami and Kansas City. So they'll get it. Everyone else must stream the game on Peacock. Okay. There you go. So it's not NBC picking and choosing. NFL says. Didn't we go through this before, though? Yes, uh, but never for a playoff game. Not for a playoff game. No. So during a regular season game, we did go to that chin joint, and it was on. Yeah. (laughs) So it's different between regular season and playoff, I guess. You sure your chin joint person didn't get Peacock for that? I don't know. Well, you got to go to the gin joint and you got to let us know. <laughs> we got to see this. I will go to the gin joint. Okay, now I got to okay. call you. I would game. make a call ahead of time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to well, call, call you at five oh one. We're going to give us uh, plenty of time to make it somewhere else if we don't get it there because we're definitely going to go someplace to watch the game. Yeah. All right, and you don't want to come to it, your house right here, huh? No, I'll get caught up in <laughs> things. Oh yeah, that's right. You can't. You can't have gin. <laughs> Can't have the gin gin. Gins. All right. Marco <laughs> talked about the uh, Lions and uh, the Rams game. Pretty interesting. Obviously, you've got the sidebar story of Jared Goff gets his old team, and then you've got uh, Matt Stafford against his. Uh, Laporta, the big question mark, looks like more than likely doubtful, even if he's able to go uh, the tight end, because he has really been the safety blanket 
you know, for uh, for Jared Goff and you know, rookie record for tight end receptions and everything. This is the number sitting at three. What have you seen, and what do you guys think is going to happen here? We saw some sharps early, hop on Los Angeles at plus three and a half. It went down uh, a little bit, and it hasn't really stopped. Um, we've we've seen some other plays on the Rams as well, uh, but but we do expect that's a Sunday night game, and that's what I was alluding to um, earlier. And that is the one thing that NFL did get straight uh, was that's on NBC the, the, by the way the spread the the spread of the games out right yeah. two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday. That's fantastic. I don't think you could do better than that. Right. And he really smiled. Did you see how much he smiled when he said, and yeah. one on Monday? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. That's, great. That's I mean, the biggest well, smile I've all seen. The, all the games uh, are, you know, whenever they isolate games like that, yeah. it's really good for us. Mm-hmm. And it just really increases the action. I'm sure the viewership goes up. Everybody benefits from, you know, the schedule like this, except for the Saturday night game. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, so we did see some early sharp action on it. You know, I, I get it. I mean, the Rams are very healthy. They've been a different team since Williams has really cranked it up in the backfield. He's running the ball like crazy. Uh, I don't know of a healthier team than the Rams right now. I, I just don't see it. Um, they're very confident, somewhat arrogant. Uh, I could see the Rams actually winning a couple of games in the playoffs, and that means if they win against the uh, beat the Lions, that means they would go to San Francisco. But I don't think they're going to be intimidated at San Francisco. They go there. Oh no, right? they know each other yep. so yep. well, and yep. you know, exactly. there's history of them. But I don't winning. think they could beat Dallas in Dallas after Detroit and San Francisco. That's that's the thing. So when I'm filling out my little bracket, mm-hmm. yeah, it goes Rams, Rams, then lose. They then they lose in uh, Dallas. The big question mark I have for the Lions. I know Ram, uh, the Lions are a favorite, and there are people that like the Lions at the short price. Is the secondary for Detroit. How are they going to manage to take care, especially Cooper Cup and the other wide receiving threats? Because the Rams, that is their strength right now. You mentioned Kyrie Williams, Notre Dame, by the way, has uh, been fantastic. So they are pounding the ball. He's actually averaging 26 carries uh, over the last, I think, four or five weeks there. So Ram offense, if, if Stafford doesn't blow up, and you know, that could be a difficult handle, I think, for the Lions secondary. There's no question. That's the question mark on them. But on the flip side, I think Detroit's going to have success running the football as well. And that's the one part, if you look at the stats, these teams are very similar, except the Lions run the football very well, and that's the one weak link on the Rams' defense is you can't run the football against them. And I'm going to play, you know, we talked about it briefly on Monday uh, when we did the show, Everybody leads with, you know, Stafford coming back to Detroit. And, you know, I tell you what, he should be thanking them. You know, he got out of Detroit. He got a Super Bowl ring. I think the guy that's got the chip on his shoulder and you can't, you couldn't have scripted it better that he's going to play against a team that gave up on them and have a chance to knock them out of the playoffs and give Detroit their first playoff victory since. How long ago? When was the last one? I know it's forever. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's over twenty years. Yeah. So I, I like the Lions. We'll talk about it when we get to the best bets uh, more. But I do like the Lions. Mm. All right. The action all starts off tomorrow at one thirty. 
And as Jay mentioned, uh, everything's spread out here. You've got Cleveland and Houston. And this is a interesting game. Uh, virtually a pick em here. you got a road favorite in Cleveland. What are you seeing here at the window? Uh, actually, on both sides. We've had some respected players that uh, are on um, both <laughs> both Cleveland and Houston. We've actually seen a, a, a little bit more on Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, they've taken that two and a half, even though it really didn't move. Um, I think Ward got hurt the other day, Denzel Ward, for right. uh, the Browns, and that's costly. He's really good, especially when you're looking at the offense that the Texans can can field. Um, that might be a problem. Um, but a real toss-up game here. I think it's a terrific warm-up game for the mm-hmm. entire weekend mm-hmm. for it to kick off first. But uh, that's all we've seen so far. I think you're going to see a lot of Houston teaser money. Uh, come in, that's the way to go. But you've got to be one-sided on the over. Uh, that's a game that everybody's going to expect scoring. Yeah, I mean, even d- despite Cleveland does have a very good defense, Houston actually has a good rushing defense. Mm-hmm. So expect the ball to be flying around. I think Flacco is going to have some impressive stat- stats, and I think te- Texas uh, Texans will do the same. I think they're going to throw it around, and we'll, we'll see plenty of scoring. 58 points last time when they met about four weeks ago. 36-22. No exactly. And it's in, exactly. Yeah. In that game, you had uh, Davis Mills uh, and Case Keenum that both. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we're both of them in that game. 36-22 was the final. Keenum started and was right. ineffective, and mm-hmm. then they went to Mills. Yeah. Okay. All right. I forgot about that. So you come here, you learn. One. You know, that's yeah. it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we're a wealth of information. Yeah. You guys want to go to the gin joint? Yeah. <laughs> I do, because just for curiosity now, yeah. I just want to see. The- he hasn't told us where it is. It's, yeah. ju- it's just the gin joint. It's just a gin joint. It's a good spot. But I, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm more curious to see what Mrs. Gin Joint looks like. You know, that's it. You know, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Does anybody care about this one? Oh, hey, Marco. <laughs> Marco's wearing his Steeler uh, uh, thing, but I know this guy too well now. I guarantee he's going to have action on Buffalo. He's got both sides covered. Uh-huh. He's going to go hang out with his buddies uh-huh. in the deep down side. He's going, yeah, go, go, Buffalo. <laughs> I well, love the a lot Steelers. Of snow. A lot of snow up there, right? I guess snow and wind. Okay. Snow and oh, wind, wind yeah. too? Wind yeah. right. off what, the lake. What's your thoughts? You've been right on in the Steelers. Here's the problem with the Steelers. It's been a great story with uh, Mason Rudolph, but he hasn't faced the defense yet. You had Cincinnati and Seattle, both bad defenses. And then the first good defense that they faced, it was in a rainstorm last week, and Baltimore didn't play all the starters. So they're going to have trouble throwing the football in this game for me. What I see, what's made – the running game come alive for the Steelers is been oh yeah, is that <laughs> they were able to stretch the field. That's what Rudolph brought to the team that mm-hmm. they didn't have before. And we always say you run the football to open up the passing game. They did it in reverse. Rudolph opened up the running game by throwing the football deep and it got the defenses having to respect the pass again, which they weren't. I think it's going to be tough. And the injury to TJ Watt the Steelers' record without him in the game, not good. I think they have one, one win. One in ten. Yeah. yeah. One in ten without T.J. Watt. That's what the Steelers are. 
Well, again, so, you, you look at this Bills offense. You get, keep waiting to see it explode. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been waiting for eight weeks now, yeah. and it really hasn't done that. So it did in the fourth uh, quarter last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it took right. a 95-yard punt return but, to do no, it. No, no. But think about that. They knocked on the door. Remember, they had three turnovers inside the 25-yard line. Okay, two of them were in inside the, the yeah the in, inside the ten. Yeah. So they could have very easily had a minimum of well, nine or you know seventeen or twenty-one points. You know the two interceptions by Allen and then the fumble by Allen at the twenty-five. So they were moving the ball. Yeah, I I I think if the Steelers really have a hard time and if, if Rudolph cannot get that passing game going even a little bit Steelers are going to be in deep trouble I'm not sure if they're going to be able to match the you know Allen and company you know uh, going up and down I just I think the the Bills are in a good spot there I I don't really I, I don't know what Bills rushing defense is like do you recall I, I can't remember because you're saying it's going to you go can, in opposite direction, open up the passing game, yeah. and then the rushing game will take over. But I don't, I'm not first Miami of all, I'm not had sure success the first half running the football against Buffalo, and then they got away from it mm-hmm. in the second half, whether it was adjustments by the Buffalo defense. Uh, it's just going to be the problem is if Buffalo gets a couple quick scores, then the Steelers have to play catch-up, and it's a, it's a different story. Trust me. Heart-wise, I want to see the Steelers sure. win. Realistically, I don't see how they go in there and win unless Josh Allen does what he did last week and have three turnovers, and because of the weather, yeah. it, it be cre- creates a problem. Buffalo's 15th against the run, uh, average, giving up 111 yards per game. They're right so, in the middle. Yeah. So that makes sense. They're right in the middle of the pack or so. Yeah. Um, but, Marco, do they cover? I'm not going to have the Steelers on my card tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I have Buffalo, which we'll be talking about later. Okay. Te- teasing Buffalo? <laughs> uh, Jay says that like a, darn right, baby. As, as a bookmaker. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, you, oh, yeah. You, I, I'm sure you already have teaser tickets pre-printed for yeah. Dallas and Buffalo because people are just going to be coming up mm-hmm. and, and playing those two, saying those two teams are not going to lose at home. Yeah. Final thing, Green Bay-Dallas. What are you saying? A little bit of dog money uh, all the seven and a half disappeared um as far as i i haven't looked at it for a couple of hours here but all the seven and a half disappeared and that was all sharp money so they're taking the packers and the points right now um i think it might be closer than uh people think um i think the the packers are very capable i'm worried about their defense um uh, they they don't have a great defense but uh love and He's getting those receivers. I don't know who's in the game these days. With you know, they've had so many injuries, yep. but they keep producing. Um, you know, they didn't have um, Aaron Jones for a while, and he looks healthy now. So I can understand a little dog money. All right, look forward to all the action. Remember, six games, and it starts right here at the Westgate Las Vegas tomorrow morning. Uh, actually, tomorrow afternoon at one thirty with the two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then Monday night. We've got the Eagles and the Buccaneers. We appreciate it, my man. Uh, We will talk to you in about, let's see, 26 hours. 
<laughs> from the gym joint. <laughs> I want to hear all about the gym joint. Oh, yeah. I'm going I'm to be calling you. <laughs> I know. I want to hear it. And, uh, yeah, Peacock, it's on. Uh, no Peacock. We're out of here. Oh, they do have gin, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you where I'll be on Saturday night, so then uh, if, if you strike out the gin joint, you, you can come meet me. Okay. All right. There all right. you go. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, guys. Always a great time here with uh, Jay Cornegay. Get over here, watch the games, bet the games right here, and uh, make sure you use that Superbook uh, app as well, too. We come back, Curtis Terrell Jonas. We'll talk some uh, UNLV hoops. We got best bets, more NFL football preview right here, live from the Westgate inside the Superbook. <laughs>